You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's an ongoing conversation, so let's move on to his offensive line. Dan, you mentioned that Nate Davis did not participate in the OTA open to the media. Um, (laughs) Jatari Carter was the right guard. But I think it was significant that for the first time we saw Tevin Jenkins at left guard, Cody Whitehair at center, Carter, and then the rookie Darnell Wright with the first team uh, offense. Of course, left tackle Braxton Jones. That will be the reworked, revamped offensive line. Four guys out of five spots in new positions, manned by new players. What was said about the new line? Look, I, I just think they're eager to watch it come together and they're, they're eager to watch the, the gelling happen. That's why Nate Davis's absence today just has me scratching my head a little bit. I don't know what the reason is behind it. I was hoping the head coach would maybe provide him a convenient alibi <laughs> other than, you know, like, oh, he, he had a baby. Oh, he's tending to some personal things, you know, whatever it is for a new guard who was you know, paid a, a, a pretty good contract in March uh, to not be here at a stage where the, the, the gelling process is occurring for the offensive line. You say, okay, again, not going to make a huge deal out of it. I don't want everybody freaking out about any of it, but it is just, okay, when we get out here next week, is he back? Is he just skipping this all together? How does this all work again with a, with an offense that's trying to, to find its way with a group that's trying to, to become cohesive. Um, and we'll watch, what direction it goes in. You know, there's a lot to, to, to keep tabs on uh, offensive line targets, running backs room, all the thing that, 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 that come together with this offense over the next couple months that, that will just kind of be uh, as fluid as each of those situations are. How did uh, you find uh, DJ Moore? He's a very entertaining guy. He's a veteran. He knows the drill. He's played with a lot of different quarterbacks. And, and I think that he's very good at not only the on the field part, but he, he seems to have a, a knack for the off the field part. Well, I was I was mad at him, David, because he said that there's a a uh, personality side of him that the guys in the locker room know that he won't show the media, and we were kind of challenging him, say, "Come on, bring it out in here. You don't have to hide from us." And he said, "I'm good here. You guys are good over there. So we'll see if we can bring that out <laughs> of him a little bit at a time as we go forward." But I, I think that guy is a um, a presence. I think that there is a, a steadiness, as we've talked about previously, to the, everything he does, um, just kind of, you know, emotionally, the way he practices, the, the the way he runs his routes. There's a steadiness there that I think is going to be very, very good for Justin Fields, going to be very, very good for the offense. And I'll tell you, the other guy today that, that left an impression on me is Tremaine Edmonds. We heard from him after practice. We also saw him in practice. Again, he made a nice interception off PJ Walker at the end of practice, but to hear Matt Eberflus single out a newcomer as one of the, you know, the, the forefront leaders right now is notable to me because that's not easy to do right away to come into a new organization after five years somewhere else and just insert yourself in a way that's commanding and respected and authoritative. And, and, and Tremaine Edmonds seems very comfortable in that role. Now, obviously you've got to back it up with plays on the field and you've got to get those splash plays and that production up. But uh, that, that dude is a guy 
that if he plays well, this city's going to like a lot because he's got that 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 passion that comes out of him with the way he practices, with the way he talks. He's all about football, and and I, like I say, if he produces, he's going to become a fan favorite quickly. He just turned 25, and that's the one thing that Matt Eberflus also told Dave Wanstead in that interview was that there was the plan to build the defense around him and and build around him, and and I think that's great because of all his, his athleticism. Dan, were the Bills just so cash strapped that they couldn't keep him? Because you do always wonder what the flip side of that is. It's like, boy, the Bears are glad to have him, and boy, they're happy to pay him. But you wonder, he's a guy entering his prime, and now you what's he doing in the middle of this defense rather than on a playoff defense that's thinking Super Bowl? Yeah, that's been thinking Super Bowl for the last couple of years. David, I think there there was, um, you know, to to use a Ryan Poles sort of term, there was a, a value that didn't match the production, you know? And so they didn't see the production. The bears are betting that they can get greater production out of them. That's been documented. They have said as much that, that even though the sacks and the, the, you know, the fumbles forced fumbles and the interceptions haven't been there through five seasons, they think that they can train him to become a, a splash play making every week impact guy We're we will see, right. It's a grand experiment that they, that, that they went in and invested in this off season. Ryan Poles consulted with Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus told him what he wanted. He got what he wanted. Now he gets a chance to, work with what he wanted and now he obviously has has grand visions for it and now we got to see where it goes with this particular team and this particular defense before we get to a question i want to ask you about kevin warren anything else on the field or at the podium that stood out in day one of public access to yeah there's practice we can get into this at greater length in the future but uh, the, the nfl today uh, at, the, at the meetings in minneapolis uh, approved a one-year trial rule where uh, it's the college kickoff rule where if you call a fair catch inside the 25 and you catch it at the eight, you get the ball to 25. And so the, the whole goal here is to, uh, you know, take care of player safety, reduce the number of concussions. The, the league sort of found that their, their previous kickoff rule changes didn't quite work in that regard because special teams coordinators figured out how to kick to force returns. Well, Matt Eberflus said today, David, he thinks it's going to be more of the same, that special teams coordinators aren't going to want to give uh, the other team the ball at the 25 with a high kick so there's going to be more squib kicks and more strategizing and more more things that create return scenarios that then up the collisions and, and keep everything where it is and so that's an experiment worth keeping an eye on in 2023 like i say it's a one-year approval by the league but uh, yeah i think people in week one in september are going to be uh really thrown off when a guy fair catches the ball at the three yard line and his team gets the ball to 25. I thought you were going to say that the rules change to include a third emergency quarterback will make the Bears regret not drafting one. <laughs> they got Nathan Peterman here. They got nothing of course. to worry about. It's the Peterman rule, but that's another thing to look forward to. Any conversation about the flex schedule that allow the Thursday night, it won't affect the Bears because they have two Thursday night games, but this is something that they can four weeks uh, 28 time. days notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look like the bears are already at the max and it's the first time ever that they'll play, you know, two short week Thursday games. They've done it before where they've played on Thanksgiving and then come back the following Thursday and played again. Um, but Matty Reflux seemed to be uh, putting his best positive spin on it. Basically saying that where those Thursday night games fall, he feels like, you know, week five, week 10, you start to get the, you know, you get a little mini buy, you get a little breather and you come back with a division game. Then five weeks later, you get a little mini buy, you get, you come back with a division game. Then you get your week 13 buy your full week by and you, and you just feel 
like you got a couple. He seems to think they're very convenient rest stops along the way of the 2023 season. We'll see if that's just a coach trying to get his players to uh, to, to, to to think about it in a way that's not what was us and, and more like, OK, let's let, let's take advantage of, of what the schedule's thrown us. They can revamp the offense twice this season. <laughs> there you go. And there you go. All right. So the last thing I want to talk about is Kevin Warren. So real quickly to summarize, there was a report in ESPN by Pete Thamel that raised some questions about the way that Kevin Warren left the Big Ten in that there was an agreement about the $7 billion contract that was cited when it was referenced, you know, when he came to the Bears and what he did with the Big Ten as commissioner. And now it comes out that his successor is faced with some of the details of these contracts that may lead to member schools paying back as much as $40 million, which in the context of a $7 billion deal isn't a ton. It's a fraction, but still it, it suggests that Kevin Warren promised things that he had no business authorizing and that maybe he's the devil was in the details and he's not a detail guy. Those are the, those are the big picture perception takeaways. I don't know if that's fair, but I don't know what's fact and fiction because we really haven't heard Kevin Warren respond to this. Do you think we will? We'll see. Um, we'll see. I don't know the next time he's scheduled to speak uh, and, and we'll see how it comes up in that context. I will tell you that uh, of everything that I know about Kevin Warren, um, details are 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 things that he is heavy on in What's every project thought? he takes on yeah. um and so i read the report i don't have any additional reporting to 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 add to it uh other than to say it'll be interesting to see what what comes of it and and how it evolves um i wouldn't i wouldn't sound any alarm bells that uh oh you know you, you got a guy who makes empty promises um to your point also one of my first reactions upon reading it is well wait a second we're talking you know some of it was like there's 70 75 million dollars that still needs to get kind of pushed through the faucet well you're like okay we're also talking to, to your point seven billion dollars and you try to do the math and you're like okay here's that but you do raise some valid questions about you know what does this mean for the conference what does it mean about the way you know kevin exited and started a new job and 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 we'll see kind of how it how it uh crosses over it also applies to you have somebody leading the movement from Soldier Field to Arlington Heights. And you have somebody who, when at the front of that, going through that, is going to have to navigate complexity every step of the way. Right. And you wonder during these negotiations down in Springfield where there are lobbyists, how much that this perception, regardless of the reality, you know how that can happen in politics and in sports, how much that perception will be used against the Bears or Kevin Warren because, hey, can you trust this guy? Hey, if this is your word, really? Because look at this and how you you left this in your wake. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but when you have something as complex as a move from Soldier Field to Arlington Heights with all the Illinois political hurdles along the way, it's not something you can just ignore. Well, look, you raise fair questions. There's no question about it. I would also say that in Kevin Warren's back pocket is the the reality that he built U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis and got a lot of deal making done and navigated through a lot of political hurdles in a process that was incredibly complex, even during back to, to, to when I was on the beat there. Uh, in addition, built the, the TCOP Performance Center in in uh, for the Vikings new new headquarters and new practice facility. And that, that was a whole other venture that required a lot of um, you know, business dealings and, and a lot of details and a lot of things. And both those facilities are, are immaculate and they're beautiful things that, that, you know, if you're able to get <laughs> something like that and even better here in Chicago, you're going to look back and go, man, that's, that's great stuff. We'll see to your point. There are years and years of, of, 
of obstacles that need to be to be steered around and hurtled over and you know dodged to to get to uh, across the finish line um and we'll we'll see how this project differs from either the big 10 stuff or the the viking stuff but um look like it's this is a complex world you know and and we would expect nothing less than than some complex topics it's just something that stood out because it was such a big surprise because of the you know the strength of his resume and the stature of his reputation you didn't expect to have this kind of in his wake of leaving the Big Ten, but we'll see where it goes. 